Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. I'm going to open up in prayer and then we're going to dive right on into the Word of God. Father God, we come giving you glory, giving you honor, giving you praise, thanking you once again for this day uh, that you have made, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for everyone who's listening under the sound of my voice. We thank you right now uh, for the word that's going to go forth. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We ask you to have your way on the call. Open our ears, open our eyes, touch our heart that your word may go in our hearts, oh God, that we may not sin against you. We come against every distraction, anything that will try to pull us away from receiving this word, any seed that enemy will try to sow to try to make this word not uh, take root. We come up against it now. In the name of Jesus, O oh God, so we thank you now, O oh God, for the word that is to go forth with power, and we know it shall accomplish what you set it out to accomplish in our lives. So we give your name glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Uh, so uh, last week, uh, going back to last week, uh, we, we talked about, uh, it, was, it was part 19 in our spiritual warfare training, and we talked about attacking uh, covenant-breaking and sex demons. So we were talking about how uh, you know, covenant covenant breaking demons, uh, how they enter, pretty much that they don't want you to be in godly covenant, uh, how they try to stop you from moving forward uh, in, in God ordained relationships, etc. Uh, how these covenant breaking demons, uh, some of the entry points, illegal sex, sex not for marriage, uh, stuff in your bloodline, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so we talk about how they how they gain access, and so we talk about how in, in any God ordained relationship still requires God to keep it, to keep it intact, to keep it. Uh, moving forward, etc. Uh, we talked about the four types of love, uh, the, the eros love, uh, phileo love, storge love, and agape love. Uh, we also talked about two particular uh, demonic spirits, incubus spirit, uh, known as the husband spirit, and the succubus spirit, known as the wife spirit, and, and how those demonic spirits work, how they attack. How one, one attacks females, one attacks males. Um, and, and essentially, and we also talked about how they gain access, whether it be masturbation, sexual abuse, pornography, internet sex, sex outside of marriage, uh, not taking control of your thoughts, something on your bloodline, etc. And that those spirits feel like they're in covenant with you. And so they try to pretty much, uh, they feel like they're literally married to you, so they try to pretty much stop you from getting to the one God has, or they try to even uh, stop uh, pretty much to break up a God-ordained marriage. So essentially they hate covenant, uh, godly covenant, so they try to break it. We even talk about how, you know, one spirit uh, tries to call fertility issues, et cetera. Uh, we did, and so we went through a number of different uh, uh, scriptures and, and showing how these particular covenant-breaking demons attack and also how to overcome them. Then we, you know, read some declarations for deliverance and renunciation, renunciation of sexual sins, et cetera. Uh, so that's just a quick recap of last week. So if you missed it last week, you can go back and listen to the replay. So tonight we're in part 20 of our spiritual warfare training, uh, part 20, and essentially we're going to um, uh, conclude this this uh, series, pretty much two more weeks to conclude this series. At least that's what I believe it's going to be for now. And so tonight is part 20 of our spiritual warfare training, and, and, and tonight's topic is the hostile takeover. The hostile takeover. Uh, so we got to understand that it's a fact. We all know that the enemy is a thief. It's, it's without question. We know the enemy is a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but we know that you have been given the power and authority to strip them of what belongs to you. So you must go and recover what's yours. So again, it's, we talk about a recovery process, a, a recovery mission uh, that God will send you on to literally go in and snatch back what rightfully belongs to you, a hostile takeover. And there's some things that you're waiting for has, has already been released, but you just need to fight in the spirit and snatch it from the enemy. So in other words, like I said, that's a recovery mission. You're going into uh, a recovery mode, so it's a recovery mission. Um, and so, uh, and so, some answers that you that that some answers to your prayers have been held up by demons who think they own rights to you, and you must remind them that you belong to God. So again, it's a recovery mission that you're more capable, more than capable of handling in the spirit. And as some of you, you spent too much time trying to figure it out yourself. God's already worked it out. But he's just saying you need to walk it out. You need to walk out this process. It's already a completed thing. God's already uh, uh, created the path. 
You just have to get on a path and walk toward it. So in other words, it's your fight to win. But frustration sometimes makes us feel like nothing is changing. Again, frustration makes you feel like nothing is changing. And then keep word I said, feel. Frustration makes you feel like nothing is changing. Amy will try to sow seeds in your mind to make you think nothing is changing. And as we said before, you can't afford not to pray because every time you pray, something happens. Every time you pray, it does something in the spirit realm. So that's why your persistent prayer matters. So it's a guarantee that every time you pray, something changes. So the key to effective prayer is found in the power of consistent prayer. I'm going to say that again. The key to effective prayer is found in the power to, uh, of consistent prayer. So, so we've got to understand that. So, so the key to effective prayer is found in the power of consistent prayer. So the enemy is fully aware that you will pray at least sometimes. But their goal is to try to get you to be inconsistent because they know that God doesn't want you to be lukewarm. So being lukewarm is being neither hot nor cold. But it's like playing on both sides of the field. So understand, power is found in consistent prayer and frustration is found in inconsistent prayer. So you have to put in the work. I'm going to say it again. Power is found in consistent prayer, and frustration is found in inconsistent prayer. And Scripture clearly tells us that faith, we know faith without works is dead. So when you pray, God sends an angel at a set time with the answer. And demons are always trying to stop them from reaching you. That's why you have to pray and continue to pray. Therefore, you have to keep praying until your angels literally break through. And the angels aren't weak. But they work for God on your behalf, and your lack of prayer slows them down. So a lack of prayer impacts the workflow of the angels God sends to you on his behalf. So therefore, don't make their jobs more difficult. A child of God who prays to God has absolutely nothing to worry about because God has a perfect record. Again, a child of God who prays to God has absolutely nothing to worry about because God has a perfect record. And so, therefore, that's why you got to keep pressing. you got to keep moving forward because, again, we talk about this hostile takeover. You have to literally take and snatch some things back on this journey that belongs to you, that the enemy came and hijacked from you. And so if you want to recover what's been stolen, you have to pray more. And God gave you jurisdiction. That's what we talked about last week. God gave you jurisdiction over your assigned territory, and he's equipped you with all the power that you need to rule there. God's given you all the power that you need to rule in your assigned territory. So in other words, you are on active duty in God's army, and this mission requires you to destroy the enemy's camp and leave no trace that it was ever there, leaving no trace that it was ever there. Okay? And so with that being said, you accomplish this through consistent praying and warring against the enemy. And it's something you've been waiting on for a long time, and it's not because God didn't send it. It's because you were robbed by the enemy. So therefore, again, we're talking about being able to snatch it back, the hostile takeover. And there must be a hostile takeover in the spirit. And there's some things that will require a greater fight than others. But the key is that you have all the spiritual tools necessary to win every fight. Some fights are going to be bigger than others. Some battles are going to, uh, are going to uh, uh, be much bigger than another battle. But the key is that you have all the spiritual tools necessary. God's army is not an army where you just take up space and never use your weapons. Again, there's an assignment for you daily in God's army, and what you do or don't do always matters. What you do or do not do always matters. Your presence matters. Your existence matters. God would not have sent you on earth if you did not matter. Again, God would not have sent you on earth if you did not matter. So don't believe the words of people, but believe the word of God because it's a proven blueprint to get you exactly where you need to be. And so, again, this is a season where you must apply all that you know in God to do all he's telling you to do. All your training in God has prepared you for this season in your life. All your training in God has prepared you for this season in your life. And so it's time for the hostile takeover. It's time for you to rise up, to wake up to who you are in God. It's time for you to rise up, wake up, stop hiding behind the scenes. Stop trying to play nice. Stop trying to be cute about it and wake up and walk forward into the things that God is calling you to walk towards now. Stop looking after this flesh. Stop looking at your flesh being like, oh, I'm not worthy. I don't know. No, 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 no. You are God's child. You are a king and a priest. So you have to stop 
trying to hide behind the scenes. Stop warring yourself down. Stop dummying yourself down. Stop, stop talking down about yourself. This ain't no time for that. All your training in God has prepared you for this season in your life. So stop making excuses. Stop trying to disqualify yourself when God has already qualified you. You, you make it things difficult. Stop trying to disqualify yourself when God has already qualified you. You're trying to find every little thing. Oh, this is why I don't deserve it. Oh, this is why this isn't promote. Oh, this is why, because well, I did that back then. And, and so it's an enemy, the enemy is trying to bring up all kind of stuff in your mind, in your heart, to try to make you fall back, to try to make you water yourself down, to try to make you to go back to where you used to be. Hear me clearly. You can't go back to where you used to be. You can't go back to who you used to be. The only way is forward. God is shutting down those doors. He is closing those doors. So if you want to go back, you'll be standing in front of a door. You can't go back. Either you're going to stay here or you're going to move forward. But you can't go back. That door is shut. And the enemy is trying to, trying to position you, trying to convince you, okay, you need to go back. You need to stop. Stop moving forward. This, this ain't for you. This, this ain't it. This, 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 nothing's going to change. This, this, you, know, you, you don't deserve this. This, this is how the situation is going to be. This is how this is this, this, this get used to it. This, this is a lot you have to carry. This is the burden you have to carry. The devil is alive. Again, stop disqualifying yourself when God has already qualified you. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what the situation is, what it was, what you came out of, what you are fighting through even now. Stop disqualifying yourself because God has already qualified you. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is history, and he's pushing you forward. He's pushing you forward to what's on the horizon. He's pushing you forward to what he has for you in your future, and so therefore you ought to walk with that thing in boldness, in the confidence, and you might be having some pain that you've got to fight through, some situations you've got to overcome, but at the end of the day, you will get there because God has already qualified you. He has already equipped you, and there's no turning back. You've got to move forward. You've got to move ahead. ahead. Again, it's time for the hostile takeover. And look, you don't engage the enemy in warfare and be nice. Nice stays home and nasty has to wake up when you fight the enemy. Nice stays home and nasty has to wake up when you fight the enemy because the enemy is raging war against you, raging war against me, and it's your job. You have the ability, you have the power and authority to make sure you fight back. You are a conqueror and conquerors aren't man-made. They're God-made. I'm going to say that again. You are a conqueror. And conquerors are not man-made. They are God-made. So you must take over in your God-assigned territory and be unapologetic about it. People are waiting for you to shift into to the position that God is calling you to because answers are in you that they've been waiting on for a while. I'm going to say that again. People are waiting for you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. They are waiting for you to shift into the position that God is calling you to because answers are in you that they've been waiting on for a while. So, again, stop disqualifying yourself. Stop feeling, oh, I don't have nothing to say. Oh, nobody want to hear that from you. Oh, I don't want to. Stop, stop that. Stop that defeated mentality. That's insulting to God. As I said multiple times before, he called you. You didn't call yourself. He chose you. You didn't choose yourself. So stop trying to go back into a place that God is not even going to allow you to get to. Stop trying to shrink back into the old you. The old you is dead. The old you is dead. Period. Yeah, you might see some residue. Yeah, the enemy might be trying to, trying, to, trying to stir and wake some old things back up in you. But I'm telling you, because of who you are and the power that's in you, you're going to defeat that thing. You're going to conquer that thing. Whatever's trying to wake back up, whatever's trying to attach itself back to you, it will be severed in the name of Jesus. It will be cut off. In the name of Jesus, so whatever you do, don't go back. Whatever you do, don't throw in the towel because this, again, is the greatest move of God that you will ever experience in your life in such a short amount of time, 10 years worth of manifestation, 10 years worth of revelation, and a short window of time. So you don't want to miss this. You don't want to. That's what has been a shaking, a stirring. He's been pushing you to get to this place. All your training in God has prepared you for this season in your life. Okay, so don't quit. Don't turn around. People are waiting for you. They're waiting on you to get in position, to walk in position. Okay, and so, and so understand this. Demons know who you are, and they know that you're on the rise. They know that you're coming through. Understand, you're powerful in God, and they can't touch your power. They cannot touch your power. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 32. Then we're going to read 35 to 37 again. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. Okay, so again, that's Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 31 to 32. Verses 31 to 32. And then we're going to read verses 35 to 37. All right, Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 31. And it reads, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So you must know that God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. For you. God's on your side, and because he is, it's impossible for problems to stay around long. It's impossible for problems to stay around long when you know that God is for you, God is on your side. So we have to look at wherever we, we have, pretty much you have to look at wherever you are through a different lens from what you see in the physical. In spiritual warfare, in the midst of battle, you must see the victory in advance. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the stretching, in the midst of the challenging, you must see the victory in advance. Because if you can't see the victory in advance, then you may be uh, a fool to believe that this is what it's going to be. So you need to go in and say, I see the victory. I see I'm going to get through this. I see we're going to get through this. I see we're going to press through this. I'm going to fight through this. So you have to see the victory knowing I'm going to get there. I'm going to get what God has for me. I'm going to get to the other side of this. I am victorious. So you have to see the victory even while you're in the battle. You have to see the victory even while you're feeling the pain, while you're feeling the shots. Because though the enemy may throw his arrows at you and try to, try to take shots at you, you've got to take, you take shots back. So, again, you have to go in already with the mindset of, I've already won. I just got to go through this thing. I'm going to get to the other side. It might be rough right now. I might not like the way I feel right now. I might not, might not, might not like the way it sounds right now. I might not like the fact that I don't see what I've been praying for right now. But I can see the victory on the other side. I know that it's going to manifest. I know it's going to happen because I know that God is for me. And whenever you know that God is for you, you know it's nothing to worry about. So with God in our lives, all things that we face will work together for our good. The good mixed with the bad will work out for our good as long as we get on track and remain obedient. So we've been called by God to do something in this army of God. Everyone has a calling. You have a calling from God, and it's according to what he cho chose that to be. So what God called you to do is just as important as anyone else's calling because all requires an invitation from God. God called you. God chose you. That was an invitation that he sent to you. God sent you an invitation. So I'm calling you up higher. God sent you an invitation. He said, will you open it up? Will you accept it? Will you accept that you are not who you think that you are? Will you accept that you are not who you think you are in the flesh? Will you accept my invitation to invite you to come up higher? Will you accept my invitation to come to, for you to be seated in Christ Jesus on the throne with Christ? Will you accept that invitation? Because it's, when you sit on the throne with Christ, the scripture says we're seated in Christ. In, in Ephesians, talk about being seated in Christ. So if you're seated in Christ, Christ is sitting on the right hand of God on the throne. That's what allows you to be able to rule on earth because you're seated in the king's seat. And so that's why it's our job to pull down what's in heaven to bring it on earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. So if there are some things that are not coming in alignment with God's word in your life, if there are some things that you know that are off in your life, then that means that you've got to call down some things from heaven to make that thing manifest on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. If there is lack in your life, then you've got to call wealth and et cetera from heaven down to earth. Sickness in your body, you've got to call healing from heaven down on earth uh, into your life, knowing that it's already done. Whatever the situation may be, you've got to call it out. On earth, as it is in heaven, that's your responsibility to tap into heaven's resources and pull it down to manifest it on earth. 
and that's where your prayer life comes into play. Because again, you got you got you guys said you got you got warfare that's going on. You got demons trying to hold up your angels and demons trying to stop you from moving forward. So that's why prayer again is so important. Prayer is not just the answer. Prayer is the only answer. Okay, because there's so much tied to your prayer life. Okay, and so again, God called you. He sent you a personal invitation. He said, "Will you accept this? I I, I know what your history is." I, I know what you came out of. I, I, I know it was rough. I, I know what you went through. I, I, I saw it. I know. But, but I pulled you out. And, and, and you thought that it was going to end. And you thought you, was, you, thought you were never going to get out of that situation. Do, do you remember how you felt when you were in it? Do you remember what you went through? Do you remember how long you carried it? But I sent you an invitation to pull you out of that darkness into the light. I don't care how far you fell. I don't care how far down the hole you feel. I sent you an invitation and inviting you to come out and come and sit back on your seat of authority. That's what he's calling you. So will you accept the invitation? Stop disqualifying yourself when God has already qualified you. Keep saying it until you get that thing. Stop disqualifying yourself when God has already qualified you stop speaking negative things over yourself stop allowing the thoughts of the enemy to control you to try to get you to believe something that's contrary to what god has already said god's already said i've called you up higher he's already said i've called you to greatness he already said that i chose you if god is with you who or what can be against you he's for you god is for you god is for you so with the mindset of knowing that god is for me i can see the victory in advance so regardless of what it looks like, there's confidence and sobriety in the spirit in knowing that if God is for you, no one can be against you because it won't work. Death couldn't stop Jesus, and fear of some type of death in our situations can't stop us. God gave up his only son because of his love for you. It is impossible to love ourselves or anyone else more than God does. Tough times will come in all of our lives in various seasons, but we are more than conquerors. And as I said earlier, conquerors are not man-made. They are God-made. So that's beyond just a normal conqueror. He said more than conquerors. So we know that we win because the Holy Spirit is in us. God did not send you on earth to share space with the enemy. Uh-oh. Hello, somebody. God did not send you on earth to share space with the enemy. He sent you to bring his kingdom and to conquer the enemy on earth. You've been trying to coexist with the enemy. Well, I don't, I, I just, I, I just, if I can just get through this and, and I don't bother nobody and, and, and nobody going to bother me. Look, the devil is going to try to bother you because the devil don't want you to do the things of God. The devil don't want you to carry out God's will. So therefore, he didn't call, send you here to take up space or to share space with the enemy. He sent you here to take over space, space that the enemy think belongs to them. That's your territory. That's your place of rulership. So you have to go and take it with this hostile takeover and take it by force in the spirit realm, saying you will not cause this to come upon me. Because look, the enemy wants to put burdens upon you. The enemy wants to put pain upon you, depression, stress, worrying, et cetera, et cetera. That's what the enemy puts on you. Hurt, the enemy puts hurt on you. So therefore, God is saying, I didn't come to get, I didn't send that to you. I didn't put that on you. That's not for me. I give you my power and authority to break through, to break through, to shake it off. He said, look, cast your burdens on me. Put it on me. You know certain things that you are facing are not from God. You know certain things that are said that were said to you were not from God. So if you already know it's not from God, then you know it's from the enemy. So then from now you know that you're fighting against an enemy that's trying to stop you, that's trying to steal you of your joy, trying to steal you of your happiness, trying to steal you of everything that God has brought and is bringing in your life. So you got to fight back. It's a hostile takeover. It's a war. It's spiritual warfare. You got to fight. You got to fight. You got to fight, and you have all the weapons that you need to fight. All right, let's go to Exodus 1. Exodus 1, verses 8 through 12. Exodus 1, verses 8 through 12. We're talking about the hostile takeover. Exodus 1, verses 8 through 12. All right, and it reads, Now there arose a new king over Egypt. Who did not know Joseph, and, this, and he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. 
and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. So we see in this passage, there was a king or Pharaoh who came to power in Egypt, who did not know the works of Joseph and what Joseph had, uh, had done for the children of Israel in Egypt. We know that Joseph became the second in command right under the king of Egypt uh, before. So this new king either did not know what Joseph had established or they didn't care. So all he saw was that the children of Israel were mightier than the Egyptians. That's all he saw. So what you have to first realize is don't be discouraged by how the enemy has tried to stop you. They may have formed a wall, but God loves to break down walls through you. Breakthrough. That's part of your breakthrough. You're breaking through the wall. You're breaking through whatever's trying to stop you. You're breaking through the pain. You're breaking through the disappointment. You're breaking through the obstacles. So Pharaoh's insecurity and his fear caused him to place the Israelites in bondage so they could not rebel against them and so they could stop multiplying their numbers. So understand that Satan knows that God's army is stronger than his army. He knows that. So he sent his demons to try to stop you. So you confuse the enemy because you don't know how to quit. So the enemy thought that that would have took you out. The enemy thought that would have made you back out. That would have made you quit. That would have that been the end of you, etc. But you keep fighting back. You keep fighting back. You keep crawling. If you got to crawl, you, you are fighting through to get to the other side because you can still see victory even though you're in a battle. And so the taskmasters... Uh, they had put hard labor on the Israelites, and they also had them to build two cities uh, to serve as uh, this fortified place against any attack uh, where they would store – that's the place they would store the king's money, their goods, and etc. However, no matter how much the Israelites were afflicted by the Egyptians, Pharaoh's plans backfired because the Israelites multiplied and grew the more they were afflicted. Now, that doesn't make sense. Wait a minute. They multiplied and grew the more they were afflicted, the more uh, burdens were placed on them. To try to, to slow them down, the more they multiply. Understand this. When you're in Christ, the more the enemy tries to pull you down, the higher you arise because all you know how to do is shine. All you know how to do is win. No matter how the enemy's trying to pull you down, all you know as a child of God, all you know is victory. We don't know defeat. Heaven does not know what defeat is. That's not a word in heaven. And if it's your job to bring what's on heaven down to earth, then we don't know defeat. All we know is victory. All your spirit knows is victory. Yes, you may engage in warfare. Yes, you may feel it sometimes. Yes, you may go through it sometimes. But you go and knowing that victory is on the other side, I can't lose. Do you understand that? You cannot lose. Stop speaking a loser's mentality. Stop, stop, uh, stop speaking loser's words. Stop having a loser's mentality. Stop allowing situations to control you. Stop allowing circumstances to control you. Stop allowing the seeds the enemy plant in your mind to control you. How do you get from out of that? You get into that by getting the mind of Christ. What did God say? What does God's word say? He says, I am more than a conqueror. That's what he said. We don't know defeat. He said, if God is for you, who can be against you? God is for you. So I go in with the cause of knowing I cannot lose. It is impossible, absolutely 100% impossible as a child of God walking in obedience to God to lose. You cannot lose to the enemy unless you succumb to, the, to defeat. Unless you just, okay, here you, you can just come in and have your way in my life. Go ahead and attack how you want to. I'm not going to fight back. I'm just tired. I really wanna, I'm tired of going through it. That's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to wear you down to the point where you don't fight back because they know it's a losing battle if you fight back. The enemy knows that. That's why the enemy tries to, to steal your strength. That's why the enemy wants you to start thinking negative so you get so tired and so weary until you don't have the power to fight anymore. And that's when the enemy says, yes, we can come in now and we can take more territory. We can gain more territory because they're not going back in their seat of authority. So you got to stay in your seat. So it's impossible to lose when you're in God. And we know that God gave Moses the vision to lead the people out of bondage, even though it was not an easy assignment. God gave Moses the vision. But understand, the joke is on the enemy because God does math differently. The more the enemy tries to steal, the more God will multiply in your life. The more the enemy tries to steal, steal, the more God will multiply in your life. That's why you can't afford to stop here. That's why you can't just stop here. That's why I said God's not going to let you go back. Now, you can choose to sit here and not move forward. But he's not letting you go back. Back, back is not an option. Backwards is not an option. That, that, that's that's going to be cut off. Because the enemy wants you to go back into an old pattern, back into an old cycle, back to a vicious cycle so that the enemy can keep you trapped 
and in bondage so that you never become who God calls you to be, so you never accomplish what God called and sent you to accomplish on earth. Stop disqualifying yourself when God has qualified you. So some of you who have been tempting and frustrating and wrestling about going back, and you know that. And the thing is, you know there's nothing back there for you. You know it's not but pain back there, disappointment back there. So what you're going back for? Because it feels like moving forward is too much. Seems like, oh, God, it's so much, so so much you want me to do, and, I, and so I don't even know where to begin. It's just, I, I'm not worthy. I don't, I don't know. Stop disqualifying yourself when God has qualified you. Simple as that. So we, not, we can debunk that stuff. We can throw that out the window. You are already qualified, period, period. He gave you his power and authority, period. So you got to walk in it. Backwards is not an option, but it's going to be a fight. It's a tug of war because the enemy wants you to go back. The enemy don't want you to go forward. The enemy wants you to turn around and say, you know what? I'm quitting. I'm dropping it all right here. I'm leaving my bags, and I'm just turning around. I can't do this. I can't. I, I, I can't. It's too much, Lord. I, I, I don't even feel like I can, I can handle all of this. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap of the enemy. And that's where you got to start. You, that's where you got to send the blood. Send the blood of Jesus to send you to the enemy's camp. You, you, you got you to go back on your weapons now. Dispatch your angels to, to war on your behalf, to war on angels, to war on your behalf. You got to, you got to start putting these weapons to use because that's part of warfare. You're in warfare. That, that's why, why that's why Apostle Paul said, when I would do good, evil is present. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this? He, he, he's saying from his body of death, he said, it, it's like this law in his mind. It, it's a tug of war. It's a, a wrestling match. That's warfare. Apostle Paul spoke about warfare. We're in warfare. You, got, you go with God's thought, and the enemy will try to sow his own thought. That's contrary to God's will. So, again, God's pushing you. He's stretching you into the position that he's calling you. Again, he sent you an invitation. It's an open invitation that he sent to you. And it was up to you. If you open that invitation, say, okay, Lord, I accept. I accept that I'm more than a conqueror. I accept that you're calling me to a place that I have never been before. I accept the fact that it's a place that I didn't even think that I could be to before. I accept the fact that I don't even have all the information, but I'm walking by faith, not by sight. I accept the fact that you haven't given me all the details yet, but you've given me enough to know that i got to keep moving forward. Okay, so again, God does math differently. So the joke is on the enemy because God does math differently. The more the enemy tries to steal, the more God will multiply in your life. So the enemy gets confused and frustrated when you face challenges as a child of God and you continue moving forward. He gets frustrated when it doesn't break you but only makes you stronger and your faith in God stronger. So understand, you don't have to know the demon's name, but they know your name because you've been causing a lot of hell lately in their kingdom. And because you're waking up, because the, the bones are coming together, all the pieces are coming together, because you're, you're waking up, the enemy's trying every tactic. They're, they're desperate now. What can I do? What, what can I wake up in them? What, I, let's try to wake something back up in them. And, and so your subconscious mind is believing something from your conscious mind and all this war going on inside of you. And so that's, that's what you've got to put that word in, and you've got to keep declaring God's word, making declarations over your life, and, and praying and praying and fighting and fighting and praying so that you can get to where God is sending you. And that's why you've got the angels who are also pushing you who are ministering unto you. You've got angels of protection around you who are protecting you. But you've got to put them to work. You've got to tell them what to do. Okay? And so, so with that being said, this is a hostile takeover. This is that time where you're saying enough is enough. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of going through this. I'm not dealing with this anymore. It's time for me to wake up who I am in God. And the things that I know I can control, I'm going to change. The things I know I can change, I'm going to change by the power of God in me. And the things that I, I can't literally uh, physically go and change right now, I'm going to put a prayer on it. I'm going to keep praying on it. I'm going to keep praying on it and keep praying on it until I see my manifestation, until I see what I've been praying for, because I know that God made some promises to me, and it's about time for some of them things to come due, because I know there's some things God has already released unto me that hadn't got to me yet. It keeps getting rerouted because there's an enemy that's been trying to block it, that's been holding it up, that's been getting in my way, but I got something for that enemy now because I ain't backing now. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight until there's no sign that this enemy was ever in my life. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 3 through 8, then verses 18 through 19. 1 Samuel chapter 30, First right, Samuel 30, beginning with verse 3, and it reads, So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, earned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, I had Noam the Jezreelites and Abigail the widow of Nabal, 
the Carmelite had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Verse 18 to 19. So David recovered all that the Malachites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. So at this point, we see David, in this passage, David was, uh, he was with the Philistine uh, because King Saul had, had, had caused David to flee. And the king of Gath, uh, his name was Achish, uh, he was a Philistine. Uh, he showed favor to David. And so he gave him the city of Ziklag. He said, okay, David, you can have the city of Ziklag. And so, and so in this passage, we find David. Uh, said he, had already, you know, he had already ran from King Saul, so he was with the Philistines now. And so we find David now. Uh, David and his, and his men, they were returning back to Ziklag, their home that the Philistine uh, king gave to them. And they were on their way back to Ziklag because though the, 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 the king of the Philistines showed uh, favor to David, the army didn't trust David. They didn't want David and his men going with them to war because they, they were afraid that David and David's men might turn and start fighting them when they fight against Israel. So they were so the men, so they were kind of afraid of that. So so the king, you know, told them to go ahead back home to Ziklag. So although the, I said the Philistine king liked David, his men didn't want him to go with him. So that's why we find David them going back to Ziklag. So now they had already left the city and now they were headed back to their city. And 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 so uh, and so you saw that the men they said, No, we don't want you going with us. Nah, we good. We don't trust that you might turn. You might turn on us. You might have a change of heart. So understand, you, there's some people in your life. There's some. There's some who 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 don't want you around for reasons they can't explain. But if they knew how much your presence slowed the enemy down, they'd be grateful. Again, there's some who don't want you around for reasons they can't explain. But if they knew how much your presence slowed the enemy down, they would be grateful. So, in other words, let your light continue to shine. So when David and his men returned home, like I said, they went back. The Malachites had retaliated against them because David and his men had already, you know, raided the territory of the Amalekites, defeated the Amalekites. So now when David and his men left the camp, the Malachites snuck in because they knew that David and his army weren't there. And they knew that they could capture the families while they were gone without any resistance. So while David and his men were working and fighting, the enemy was sneaking into their camp to destroy. Same way the enemy tries to do. The enemy tries to catch you off guard so they try to sneak in your camp and steal from you. Okay? And so what we see at work here is a spirit of retaliation. And you'll find that when you're doing the things of the Lord and carrying out your assignment, you're walking in and, 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 and doing the thing God's calling you to do, the enemy may plan some retaliation against you because of the damage that you've caused to Satan's kingdom. So the spirit of retaliation is the enemy trying to pay you back for the losses you call to their kingdom. And so this is another reason why we must open our mouths and tell the blood of Jesus to cover us and our families and those connected to us daily. So the enemy may have bullied you in the past, but you're not the same person anymore because you have been awakened to your true power. And so the Amalekites, they set the city on fire. They took uh, David and his men's wives and their children. And David and his men were so hurt. They got back. They were so devastated to see that their wives, their children were taken hostage. And so it said that they cried so much until they had no more strength to cry. They, they, the tears couldn't even come out anymore. You might have been to the place where you want to do something so much. You said, I can't even cry no more. The tears, the, the, I, I, the tears can't even come out no more. I, I've cried until I can't cry no more. That's to the point they got to. They had wept and wept so much. They had no more strength to even cry. That's how bad it was. That's how bad and how devastated they were. So they were in deep anguish. And so David's army followed David. And now that their family was taken, some of the men went from sadness to anger. And they blamed David because David was their leader. And so some of them spoke of stoning David. So the same one that God sent to bless them was the same one that they now became angry with because of how they felt. They were taking their anger out on the person who had their best interest at heart. They were taking their anger out on the one that God sent to lead them. And so that's what they were, because they were just tired. They didn't know what to do. They had to find it. And so instead of taking it out on the enemy, they were trying to take it out on the one who, 
who was on their team. So understand that there's that, that some of the people who celebrate you today, maybe some of the same ones who try to bury you tomorrow. But thank God that you have resurrection power. Thank God that resurrection power is in you that regardless of what the enemy may even try to use to twist to try to bury you, you still have resurrection power, which is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you that rose Jesus from the dead. You have resurrection power living in you. So no matter how much stuff seems to be piling down on you, no matter how bad it seems, no matter how bad it feels, resurrection power lives in you. So therefore you have the ability to rise up from the ashes, rise up from the stones, rise up for what's been trying to be poured, put on you and be free. So David knew who he was in God, regardless of them talking about stoning him, regardless of them pretty much getting mad at him, even though he knew he didn't do nothing. But they were like, well, we followed you. You know, we trusted you, et cetera. And, and now look at our family is gone and our, uh, they, they snatched us. Everything is gone. And so, but David knew who he was in God. And he encouraged himself. His mind was on recovering what was stolen. He said, look, I, 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 look, I, I, can't, I can't allow these words to get, I can't allow these people say things to me and let me let it get to me because i know that they're speaking from hurt i know they're speaking from anger they don't really mean this so david had he had to know who he was in god or those words that they spoke would have took him out or he would have quit he would have gave up okay so so don't get caught up in people because people are not your enemy people are just sometimes used by your real enemy satan and his demons so so know the difference so david did not act out of his emotion he could have he had every every opportunity to do so because he's like, look, I'm hurt too. And now now y'all talk about stoning me after all we done went through together. You talk about stoning me. You turn it on me. You get mad at me. Look at the things we've conquered together. Look at the favor God showed us together. And you turn it, you, you fighting me? You trying to fight me when we got to come together and fight this enemy because we still got to go and fight the enemy. They still had to go to that and fight the Amalekites, the people who stole their family. So we're divided. How can we fight the enemy if we're divided? How can we conquer the enemy if we're divided? That's why unity is so important in the body of Christ. Covenant is so important. Godly covenant. So again, David did not act out of emotion. So we must be careful not to allow feelings to lead us. You don't want to make emotional decisions. It made sense. It, it made natural sense to go after the enemy because the enemy took their family. But David knew that he had to seek God for strategy first on how to get back what was stolen. He goes, okay, how? I, I know we got to get this because they took our family and we're not playing with this. But, but, Lord, how do we go about doing it? And so understand, watch this now. He didn't, David didn't respond to it out of emotion. He, 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 didn't, he, didn't, he didn't allow his feelings to lead him. The enemy wants you to react to the problems, but God wants you to respond to his instructions. The enemy wants you to react to the problems, but God wants you to respond to his instructions. Because it's different from reacting. When something happens, you react. You react. Every time something happens, you react. You just have a reaction and it's used as an emotion. But you have to respond. So, okay, wait a minute. What's happening right now? What's this that's caused me to feel this way? What's this, 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 this that that's got me thinking this? Okay, I'm not going to react to that. I'm going to respond to what I know God said. And in and, and, and the moment you do that, you're... you're, you're you're moving faith aside and faith is um, you're moving fear aside and faith is jumping in. And though you may feel it, that, that that's where faith will begin to gradually pull it away and pull it out of you and pull it out of you and pull it out of you until you you'll be back sober again. Okay? And so and that's why it's so good not to not to respond out of your emotions. Not to have a quick that's why scripture says uh, in, in James, uh, to be slow to speak, slow to anger, but swift to hear. Swift to hear. So no, I gotta be slow, okay, I gotta be okay, I'm gonna be slow to speak. I'm not going to speak out of anger right now because if I speak right now, it's going to be out of my flesh. And you know what? I'm not going to say nothing because if I speak right now, it's going to be hurtful things. And if I speak right now, it's going to be something that I know is not going to bring glory to God. So, okay, I, I got to be so angry, but I got to be swift to hell. Okay, God, what are you saying right now? Because I need to hear something from you. I need a word right now because right now I'm going to act out of my flesh and it's not going to be pretty. And so, again, that's the difference between re reacting and responding to his instructions. It's not always easy because you're in that moment, that thing making a ball up in you and and, and, and the emotions can come out, et cetera, and you're going to feel it. So you might have tears or, or anger, et cetera, but the key is don't allow those feelings to lead you, cause you to make ill-advised decisions. And so we see, so what did David do? He prayed to God, and he said, Lord, should I pursue? And he said, if he was to pursue the enemy, because he's thinking, okay, because, Lord, you, you can turn this thing around any way you want, but, how, but do we need to go and pursue now? 
and we'll, and he said, okay, now and we'll be able to over and we'll be able to will we be able to overtake the enemy? So God's response was, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And he said, and without fail, you can recover all everything that was stolen. You're gonna recover all. So David left him. David left with six hundred men to go to fight this enemy army to go fight the Amalekites to get their family back to get their stuff back. He left with six hundred men, but two hundred men were too weary to keep going. And you would think now, watch this now. This is an interesting thing now. You would think that they would do whatever they had to do to get their family and what belonged to them. However, God will sometimes trim the fat. There were two weak. There were two men who were too weary, too weak to even go back and get what was stolen for them. They were too tired. They, they couldn't cry no. They were tired. They were too weak. But God said, no, I got to trim the fat. Understand, there are some people who don't have the strength to fight, but God will trust you with the battle strategy to go in and set them all free. He will trust you with the strategy to go in and set them all free. And he will remove some people from around you who are once good to you. But the place he has you now, they have now become weight that will pull you down. So it may have hurt because you because you all were once very close. But if you go into this war with that type of backup, not only would you be fighting the enemy, but you will be fighting them. So had David went into war with some of those 200, those two, extra 200 that didn't go, who had already thought about stoning him, who already thought about chopping, well, we're going to come against David. Then they could have started arguing and problems, et cetera, and they could have not followed the battle strategy and caused unnecessary damage. So it was necessary that those 200 didn't go. Okay? And so, and so understand, so it's not personal. Because, again, if there's some, there's some folk that go in with you with that type of backup, you will end up fighting with them. So it's not personal. They couldn't cross the brook with you because that season had passed. So when you come back, you can still bless them, but some just can't go into battle with you. So don't take people with you in battle who will just get in the way. You need warriors whose mindset is that victory is the only option. You need warriors with the mindset that victory is the only option. They recognize that God is for us. And they recognize that they're going into battle with victory already on the mind. Victory is the only option. So God can use a few to accomplish a lot than to have you going into hostile territory with a lot of people who just make a lot of noise but have tapped into, haven't tapped into a lot of power. Again, God can use a few to accomplish a lot than to have you go into hostile territory with a lot of people who just make a lot of noise but have not tapped into a lot of power. So the problem wasn't the person. The problem wasn't the people. It was the spirit behind the people. So your battle is never flesh and blood, as Scripture tells us. It's spiritual. So when you go into battle, you should take it personal. However, don't take it personal with people. Take it personal against the enemy. Take it personal against the enemy. And that's why David recognized, okay, these two the men, they're too hurt. They're too wounded to go into battle right now. I can't take them into battle with me because it's going to cause more problems. So we're going to go ahead and leave y'all here at this brook. And we're going to go over here, and we're going to take care of business so that, because I know that these 400 men that are left are going, are going to follow the battle strategy that God gave us. They're going to respond, not react. They're going to respond to God and God's instructions. And so when we talk about the hostile takeover, God's instructions are very important. They're very important because you might react out of what you think is common sense, but God might be saying, no, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to say that in, in, in regards to that, or I want you to go this way. I want you to do that instead of that. And sometimes he said, look, just wait right here for a minute. I'm going to fight this battle. So it's different strategies and different battles. Okay, so it's something, it's something to keep in mind. But I love what it says at He said that David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his, his wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking. Nothing was lacking. When you go in with the right strategy, regardless of what was stolen, when you go back, at that, when you go back and take what's yours, you will be lacking nothing. He said either small or great, sons or daughters. Everything was there. And it said, David recovered all. You will recover all. And that's when we talk about this hostile territory, this hostile takeover. You are literally about to snatch back things that have been stolen from you, things that have been held up for years. You're about to literally go into this hostile territory and have a hostile takeover, and you will recover all. And the beautiful thing about it is it will, it will be better than what you had even expected, better and bigger than what you had even prayed for. Because, look, you said, look, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I got a war. I got to pray because what I do know is I can't go back and I can't stay where I am. 
I have to move forward because when I, as I look forward, I see some of the challenges around me. I see that, that the enemy is trying to make me believe certain things. But as Psalm 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, the shadow of death, it appears like death, I will fear no evil because God's with me. God's on my side. I'm not going to fear because fear is not from God. So I'm looking forward, and though I can't see all of it, what I can see is victory. Because I don't lose. I can't lose because God's with me. All right, let's go to uh, 2 Chronicles 16. 2 Chronicles 16, verses 7 through 9. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 7 through 9. Again, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 7 through 9. And then our last passage, we're going to go to John 15. Right after that, now will be our last passage, John 15. So again... Second Chronicles 16, verses 7 through 9, and we're going to end with John chapter 15. All right, Second Chronicles chapter 16, beginning at verse number 7, and it reads, And at that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the, in, the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubin not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore from now on you shall have wars. So here we find King Asa of Judah. He was having a conversation with the prophet uh, Hanani, and Asa was afraid. Fear, fear creeped in. Asa was afraid because the king of Israel was going to war with him. So Asa sent gold and silver to the king of Syria to try to form a covenant with them to help fight against the army of the king of Israel. And so the king of Syria accepted. And when the king of Syria accepted uh, uh, the, the gold and etc., then Israel backed off. They said, okay, I see that. Okay, they, they got a little extra help. But then the prophet came and said, he told Asa, he said, Asa, now, because you relied on the king of Syria, and it seemed like it worked right there because, you know, the king, because Israel backed off when you, you got, when you went to the king of Syria. So now you had the Syrian army siding with y'all. And so Israel backed off. He said, but uh, that was a temporary battle, temporary victory. He said, but uh, you just made things difficult on yourself. He said, uh, you relied on the king of Syria instead of God. He said, not only and so watch. So, so not only did he lose an opportunity to conquer both armies through the help of God, but now he said, you're gonna have many wars. He said, because you, because you, you depend, depend on man in that situation instead of taking trust on God. Now, though you, you, you kind of, you, you, you had that, that victory right there. You're still gonna have many wars. So understand. So you have to reject fear, because fear will convince you to do things that offend your faith in God. Reject fear because fear will convince you to do things that will offend your faith in God. And so Asa took matters into his own hands, and he was, he was reminded. He said, look, did you forget that God has already delivered you from large armies in the past? So in other words, God said, have you forgot the things that I have brought you out of in the past? The things the enemy tried to use to take you out in the past? Have you forgotten about that? Have you forgotten how I brought you through that? Yeah, some things may have been swept in the rug, and now, he said, but now it's coming to the surface because I want you to conquer it and cut the head off of that enemy for once and for all that's been trying to attack you in that area. Now it's time for you to face it and conquer it because you're more than a conqueror. So Asa took matters in his own hand. So let's understand, don't let the loud noise of the enemy fool you. This isn't the first battle that you've seen. You've conquered in the past, and you will conquer again. And then I love what this passage says when he's talking about how God's eyes, he said, he said his eyes, the eyes in verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole entire earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So God is, look, look, my eyes are running to and fro. I'm going to show myself strong in your life to those who are obedient and who are loyal to me, who are loyal to me. So God's eyes are running all throughout the earth to show himself strong in your life through anything we face if you're loyal to him. So there's nothing the enemy tries to do in your life that God doesn't see. 
And that's why God gave you permission to use his power to handle it. Use his authority to handle it. So we must seek God in all things and not try to take matters into our own hands because how we think it should be handled, how you think it should be handled, God may have a better way. So this was an act of distrust by Asa. Though it seemed like a good strategy. Let me go get the king of Syria and their army to help me out. It seemed like a good strategy, but it wasn't God's strategy. So God is looking for an opportunity to show up big in your life if you walk in faith, not by sight. So Asa went by what he saw. So don't look at how big the problem appears until it makes you forget who God is. No problem looks big when you're in Christ. Again, don't look at how big the problem appears to the point where it makes you forget who God is, how big God is. No problem looks big when you're in Christ. So if it, if it does look big to you, that's an indicator that you're in the flesh and you need to get in the spirit. If it looks big, if it looks uh, insurmountable, it looks like I can't get through this, if it looks too much, like too much to handle, it's a sign that you're in the flesh and you need to get in the spirit. Well, let's go to our last passage, John, John, John chapter 15, John chapter 15, 18 through 19, John chapter 15, verses 18 through 19. All right, John chapter 15, verse 18 through 19, and it reads, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So understand the kingdom of this world is not the kingdom of God. Satan tries to operate in the world system. So we're not of the world system or the world's government. We are the government of God. So God did not send you because you were ordinary. He sent you because you would do the extraordinary on earth through his power in you. So the world sees you and I as intruders trying to overthrow their system. But guess what? You don't adapt to the system the enemy set up around you, but you overthrow it and bring the kingdom of God. So you're not adapting to the system that the enemy wants you to operate in, that the enemy wants you to buy into. But you overthrow it and you bring the kingdom of God. So Jesus was crucified because the people did not accept him, even when he did so many great things. So you can already expect to not fit in or to be normal in this world because God chose you. You're not going to be normal. You shouldn't be concerned with fitting in, but you should be concerned with standing out for God. You're not supposed to fit in. You can't fit in when your light is shining. You can't fit in when you're a child of God walking in the things that God is telling you to walk in. You're not supposed to fit in. You came here to take over for the kingdom of God. So we've established that God has a kingdom and Satan has a kingdom. We talked about this at the beginning of the series. And so the earth belongs to God, but Satan tries to operate within the system of the world. So God wants us to carry out our heavenly assignment on earth, but Satan wants us to carry out his evil assignment on earth. So again, God wants you to push God's agenda. Satan wants you to push Satan's agenda. So again, this battle uh, that's going on, we have to pray. Satan and his demons are haters, but they hate because we have what they can no longer have, and that's the power of God. The enemy hates on you because you have the power that they can no longer have, which is the power of God. So understand this. We talk about the hostile takeover. You are not meant to be normal. The world is normal. If you're looking for normal, then you don't know who God is because there's nothing normal about God and you came out of God. You are the breath of God. So it's impossible for you to be normal. Being normal is watering yourself down, trying to fit into a certain mold, trying to fit in. So I, I need to try to fit in to be like this and that and et cetera. That offends God because God is not normal. Christ wasn't normal. He didn't send you on this earth to be normal. He didn't send you on earth to do the normal. To do the ordinary. He sent you to do the extraordinary. That's why he's called you. That's why he sent you. Like I said, he didn't send you here to share space with the enemy. He sent you here to take over, to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's your first responsibility, to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, wherever that may be, wherever your assignment is, on your job, your community, wherever your family, etc. That's your job, to bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And it begins by prayer and, and, and spiritual warfare and then walking in obedience to what God wants you to do 
And then you will see now you can go into the enemy's camp with the power and authority of Jesus Christ to literally take back what has been stolen from you. And as it happened with David, you shall recover all without fail. You shall recover all. You may have felt you didn't have the power, the strength, etc. in the flesh. You don't have the power and strength in the flesh because it's not a flesh thing. The enemy wants to prey on your flesh to make you feel a certain way, to make you disqualify yourself when God has already qualified you. So you got to get in the spirit. Your spirit, man, is waking up, waking up, waking up, waking up, waking up to who you are in God. It's time to wake up, wake up, wake up to who you are in God. Move flesh aside and realize that every time I go into battle, victory is on my mind because victory is all that I know because I cannot lose because God is with me, God is for me, and God will see me through this in Jesus' name. As usual, and the Bible study, again, if you're not saved, if you're not saved, if you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, again, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Christ came that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. He wants you. He's calling you. You accept that. That's your first invitation to accept Christ. So if you're not saved, if you're not saved, well, I want to hear from you. Again, uh, you can also send an email uh, to info at thecoregreen.org, uh, and we can, uh, you know, walk you through that process, etc. Um, so that's the first call. If you're not saved, you're not saved. We don't want anyone to leave here if you're not saved. Again, because, again, if you're not saved, then God's not obligated to protect you with the blood of Jesus. Uh, so, again, that, this is your opportunity. Uh, and so also the second call, uh, if you, you've been on a Bible study, uh, you, you don't have a church home, etc., uh, you know that, that I'm your pastor. You know that I'm your spiritual covering. The Holy Spirit has been pulling you, pulling you. You know it. You know it. You know that this is where you get fed. You know this is where you're getting uh, 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 your mail uh, directly from heaven, etc. cetera. Uh, no matter where you are in the world, this is, if, if the Lord is the Holy Spirit said that I am your pastor, I am your spiritual covering, uh, uh, we want to uh, uh, invite you uh, to that table. And, again, you can send an email to uh, membership at decorgreen.org, membership at decorgreen.org. Green.org, uh, if, if, if the Holy Spirit is leading you, that I am your spiritual covering. Again, I said no matter where you are across the globe, uh, we have uh, something in place uh, uh, for that and continue to put more things in place for that. So, again, if, if you know that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do that, uh, some of you have been professional visitors, as we call it. Uh, you, you're not a member of a place, but you know that this is where you're getting fed from. Because, uh, I mean, for me, it took me a while. Uh, some years ago, at last church that I was part of uh, before I started pastoring, Took me a little while to kind of make that transition. You know, you kind of feeling things out, still seeing, etc. Uh, but again, you got to catch the spirit when the Holy Spirit tells you to go to do it. You got to do and walk in obedience, God, uh, as the Holy Spirit leads you. Do that. And the last call is for uh, prayer. Uh, if you if you have any prayer requests, you can also send an email to info at thecoregreen.org. We can uh, touch and agree and pray with you, pray for you, uh, and whatever that may be. And also, if um, you want to sow into the ministry. You can go to decorgreen.org. you see an opportunity there to sow as well. So, again, uh, so that's three calls. Again, if you're not saved, God is calling you. I'm your pastor, the pastor of Upper Room Kingdom Church. And then I'm your pastor. You send an email to membership at decorgreen.org to become saved or a prayer request info at decorgreen.org. As we continue to go forward in the things of God, again, for this hostile takeover. Uh, and so, again, don't, don't take this season in your life for granted. What God is doing in this season in your life, I know that He is doing a great thing, and it is it's something that you could not have even you could not have prayed for this season that we're in. You couldn't the, the things something you prayed for it will not compare to what's being released in this season. Ten years worth of manifestation, ten years worth of manifest uh, revelation, and under ten years in a very short period of time, we're already in that season. We're in this great revival that we're now that's now upon us. Again, we see signs in the earth of that happening. So, again, don't take this for granted. Don't take this lightly. Back is not an option. Back is not an option. You are worthy because the Spirit of God lives in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. So you are worthy for this calling. Okay? So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Don't disqualify yourself when God has already qualified you. So I will close us out in prayer. Father God, we come now uh, to the end of yet another Bible study. God, we thank you for the word that went forth. On this night, oh God, we thank you, oh God, that we know that the word went forth with power, oh God. We thank you for each and everyone who's listening, oh God, uh, that they will realize, oh God, that you've given us responsibility to go in and take back what has been snatched from us, to go in and take back 
which you have already released unto us, O God, from the enemy, O God. So we thank you that we will go on with our power and authority. We thank you for all the spiritual weapons you've given unto us. We thank you for the angels. I dispatch angels now, God, to minister unto these, O people, O God, those who maybe have no more strength to weep, O God, those who feel like, uh, felt like they weren't going to get out of it, O God, those who are going through some things right now, O God, that seems unbearable, O God. I declare now, O God, that they will cast their burdens upon you, O God. I break the hold of the enemy off of them now. In the mighty name of Jesus, every shackle, every chain, I take it off of them now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I release the blood of Jesus to cover them, to protect them in the name of Jesus. I send the blood of Jesus to go into the enemy's camp and send confusion into the enemy's camp, to go into the enemy's camp and to spoil the plans of the enemy in their lives now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I release the fire of God to destroy every demonic foundation that's been established in their lives, whether it be in their family, in their bloodline. I send the fire of God to destroy those demonic foundations now in their lives in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God. And dispatch your angels now, O oh God, to strengthen them, O oh God, to strengthen these, your people, O oh God, as they move forward in the things of you, as they move forward in the promises of you, O oh God. For you say in your word, O oh God, that the promises in you are yes and amen, O oh God. In other words, it's already done, O oh God. You said that he who has begun a good work in us shall complete it, O oh God. So we thank you that what you started in us, you shall finish, you shall complete. So we thank you, O oh God. That, that though we may be weak at times in the flesh, oh God, we know that our spirit is strong, oh God. And we thank you, oh God, as we go and we fight, oh God, that we shall recover all, oh God. Without fail, we shall recover it all. So I release now the spirit of peace, oh God, to rest upon their homes right now, oh God. The spirit of peace to rest upon their lives, oh God. I send your glory, Lord, send your glory, oh God. Let your manifested presence, oh God, rest upon them, oh God. In the name of Jesus, whatever has been holding them down, oh God, will hold them down no more, oh God. I break it off of them now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command every demonic spirit that's been influencing them, that has been oppressing them, oh God, I command you to go now in the name of Jesus. I command you to go now in the name of Jesus. I command you to go now in the name of Jesus, never to return. In the name of Jesus, and I re release warring angels now to war on their behalf and their behalf in the second heaven. War now on their behalf. In the mighty name of Jesus, and we declare victory is already done, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that we will go and get our victory, oh God. So we thank you, we praise you, we bless your name now, oh God. These and all other blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So again, remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you next week. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.